Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning to all my folks. Welcome to the San Francisco 49ers morning show. We got some uh, good things on the docket today. One to assess the draft class. And as I was driving, I was listening to a podcast and something else came to mind. And it was how Kyle Shanahan has put himself and Trey Lance in an extremely difficult position. All right, but, you know, so first we're going to get into the draft class, then we'll get into some Kyle Shanahan. But uh, welcome to the San Francisco 49ers show. Morning show. I'm tripping over my words, but y'all get it, man. Let's go. Let's go. Intercepted. It is picked up by Aaron Crocker. Over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Touchdown. Crop Talk TV podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. Okay, I got it right. Uh, I hope everybody is well-rested and uh, having a blessed morning. Hope we said our, our prayers, even though I haven't said my prayers yet, and I'm telling y'all to say y'all prayers. It's a little uh, hypocritical, all right, of me, but um, welcome. And I you know, I hope everybody, again, is having a, a great morning. Got some good things on the docket, as I talked about before. I wanted to start with the draft class. I thought this was a good time to kind of see where this draft class is and kind of talk through it. Like, let's talk, like, really talk through it, though. Like, the reasons behind some of the picks, like, what they were thinking. And, and that's one thing that I've really tried to bring to y'all is I want I want to bring the coaching slash, uh, you know, philosophy, front office. Like, I want to try to bring that element of it because that's what I've kind of been in the 49ers content creating community, right? Like, not so much of a an overreactor. And also, I mean, obviously since starting this show, we talk every day. So you guys are going to hear way more of my just pure thoughts, but really like how I, how I kind of got my niche in this whole thing was the evaluation aspect of it. Not so much just like reporting or covering the 49ers. All right. Uh, so we're going to get into that. And I see the comments already like what draft class <laughs> we drafted players this year. We did. And I want to get to kind of the thought process of this team and why maybe they took some of the guys that they did, uh, you know, when when they took them. Make sure everybody can hear me. All right. Oh, uh, you know, when they took some of these guys and really just, yeah, man, get, get into all that. So, you know, of course, I appreciate everybody that's already in here. Salute to all y'all. I'm trying to fix my, uh, my audio for some reason. My, my headset isn't like linking up or something. But anyway, someone said, I saw Trey Lance. I mean, I, tra- I saw Trey Sermon on a milk carton. Man, we're going to get into all that, man. We're going to get into all that. So let's jump Let's jump into it, man. And and uh, obviously, at the end of everything, we'll get to your guys' comments and any thoughts that you guys have, whether it's on the draft class or other, all right? Because, you know, I already – I appreciate all of y'all. Here we go. I'm connected now. I appreciate all y'all input. So here we go. San Francisco 49ers morning show with your boy, Eric Crocker. And we're starting with – their very last pick with the in the sixth round with the 194th overall pick, San Francisco 49ers select running back Eliza Mitchell out of Louisiana Lafayette. All right, Raging Cajun. And you know, just looking at it, this was a pick, and we're going to work from bottom to the top of the draft. This was a this was a pick where you know, you you could see like just like the talent, right? But I swear, I thought this guy was just this one cut, 
and get up field type guy. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. And, you know, and he has the speed. And before the whole draft, I didn't know a whole lot about him, even though some of my buddies had tweeted about him. So clearly I wasn't paying attention. They really liked him. Uh, one thing that, that jumped out right away, he weighed in at his pro day and measured in at 5'10", 201 pounds. All right, so that's what he weighed in at his pro day. His playing weight was much different. And what he weighed in at the at the uh, senior bowl was much different. So that led me to believe that he slimmed down for the actual uh, pro day to run his 40. All right, now most people, uh, and I've heard this, you know, be said in the 49ers community, he's a smaller back, he's a smaller back. He's not a small back. But if you looked at what the 49ers have him listed at, if you look at uh, what he weighed in at his pro day, it would lead you to believe that this is a back that's not that big. But he plays at more 215 to 220 pounds. So he's not a small back. And I think he slimmed down two run faster. So is he a true 4-3-8 guy? I don't know about that, but a legit 4-4-5 guy, for sure. For sure, 4-4-5 guy. All right, so they went, they took Elijah Mitchell, and I was like, damn, okay, you got Elijah Mitchell. Like, what is that saying about the rest of the 49ers running back group? Because at this time, obviously, and we're working backwards, but, you know, they had drafted Trey Sermon. Uh, they had Raheem Oster. They had guys like, um, uh, you know, Jermichael Hasty. Wilson was healthy at this time. And I'm like, gosh, that's a whole lot of running backs. How is this guy going to make the roster? But my buddies were like, no, he's legit. He was one of my favorite backs in this class. Uh, you know, they talked about all the things they liked about him. But the one thing I do like is, and especially what we've been seeing so far, and this is an assessment of where they are right now, a guy who has worked his way up. And one thing, we can say all this stuff about Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch and all these other we, – we can talk about them. But one thing I do appreciate is that – I don't know if they're picking and choosing who they want to do this with, but they do give guys a chance, right? Like this is a this is a six-round pick. And for whatever reason, he must have been doing the things that they like and in turn, he was able to get on the field. Um, I think early in camp, while some guys were kind of banged up or down, he was the guy that was starting to get, you know, a role as like kind of like a third down back, being able to, you know, be a pass catcher out the backfield and do those things. Well, he clearly has made himself just even more than that and really their go-to guy. You you feel like good, like if you are somebody that's an undrafted guy, again, I've been in this situation. When I was with the New York Jets, I had – no shot, no shot. I think I would have had to do like extraordinary things. And I thought I'd play well. If, if we call my brother up right now, bring my brother up. And I don't even have my banner up. If we um if we call my brother who watched every practice of mine, he'll tell you like, nah, he was doing his thing. Like, and I did, I was cool. But cool ain't gonna cut it in the NFL. You need a lot of things to break your way. No matter what, D Milliner was gonna be on the moment. D Milliner held out. He was out with a shoulder injury all through OTAs um, after the draft and everything. Uh, mini camps didn't participate in any of that. When training camp came, D. Milliner actually held out and um, waited to get his $12 million guaranteed on this contract. And then as soon as he signed on the dotted line, boom, he's out there, first group. Well, the 49ers, they operate a little different, and they make kind of, you know, guys kind of earn spots. And I think how they view it is once you get in the, the, uh, the, the locker room or whatever, everybody's a little equal. Now, there is still some roster politics, but not to the extent because you have their last pick in the draft, Elijah Mitchell, who's playing more than any other rookie that they have. So 
Elijah Mitchell, he's someone that definitely has progressed as a runner. The more I watch him, uh, I was looking at him as just kind of this one cut, get up field guy. Okay, he can like, you know, he can run through a tackle a little bit and he has good speed vertically. Didn't think he played to 4-3 speed. He was listed at, but 4-4-5 guy for sure. And then he gets with the 49ers and I'm seeing a little wiggle. I'm seeing a little bouncing this step. I think the vision is improving, especially in the open field. I'm seeing all these things that I really like from him, which leads me to believe that, yeah, this guy might be a, a legit RB1. I don't think that's something that most 49er fans were expecting when they drafted him. Uh, especially when you looked at the roster that the 49ers had. So it's been really cool seeing uh, the development of Elijah Mitchell. I think he's done an amazing job. There were some other running backs that, you know, other people like 49ers and go for those guys. But six-round pick, Elijah Mitchell, uh, the last pick in the 49ers class, he has done a really good job. All right, so we can give them a round of applause for Elijah Mitchell. 194th pick overall. Now, just taking 14 picks before Elijah Mitchell – was Talanoa Hufunga. He was taken at uh, pick uh, 180 in the fifth round. And uh, Hufunga out of USC, we did a film breakdown on him. And watching him, it was just like, uh, I feel like he's a step slow here, step slow there. Like I, I could see where the lack of speed hinders him. And this is a guy who, another guy, kind of like uh, uh, Elijah Mitchell, slimmed down a whole lot to run, right? Now, it didn't really help Hufunga a whole lot. This is a guy who ran out of pro day. Typically, your pro day times are faster. He was listed at like 6'1", like 215 pounds at USC. And when you watch him play, he looked like that, right? Like he was kind of this stout, uh, kind of thicker guy. And you're like, ah, oh, what is he going to be? Is he going to be in the box? Is he going to be a too high guy? Like, how do you utilize him? And some people were thinking, oh, okay, he might move to like this kind of off-ball linebacker type position. Well, he slimmed down to 200 pounds for his pro day. And ran his 40 and still ran like in the high mid to high four sixes, still didn't run very well. And it was like, damn, you lost 15 pounds to run better, and you still kind of aren't you don't have that legit speed. For example, look at a guy like Jaquiski Tart. Tart was listed at like 6'1, like 220 pounds, and ran in the four fives, right? Like this that's you know, and he didn't have to slim down to run in the four fives. He was just Tart was just a really big athletic safety. Hufunga didn't have that same type of, you know, athleticism. So that was one thing where I'm like, okay, might hurt him a little bit at the NFL level. I'm watching the film. I'm seeing him a step late here, a step there. But you do see that he has instincts. And I think 49ers, we're looking at it, and it's just like, look, at the end of the day, he's a good football player. We'll see if he can be instinctive and if that could take over. So where they drafted him, fifth round, with a comp pick, uh, number 180 overall, I don't think, you know, no harm, no foul. I think that's a good place for someone like him to see if his instincts can take over and eventually kind of get a good underrated football player. Now we have seen him now. He started with one game and, um, and he's played in other games. I think, uh, so then it's crazy. Like you see Elijah Mitchell, you see Hufunga. They are, they have started games. They are uh, being productive. They're in games and Hufunga has flashed. I think in the areas where you figure he will flash with some plays that's just like, open field, come down, like play with his hair on fire, uh, showing some instincts. He's done well there. I think in the, in the areas where you think he might struggle a little bit, kind of seen that a little bit, right? Open field against Christian Kirk. Probably don't want that matchup. He got matched up there. That was a good job by Arizona Cardinals, and they got him deep on a 50-yard pass. So he is young, and I know my guy, uh, my guy Chris was on here yesterday, and he was saying, listen, 
the rookies, they got to go through some of their growing pains. And one of the growing pains for Wilhufunga is because he lacks the ideal speed and overall just pure athleticism that you would like for a secondary player nowadays, especially with how the game is spread out, he's going to have to continue to improve his uh, anticipation and understand, like, you know, just the angles that he can and can't take, take because now everybody's faster. He got outran by J James Conner, just completely outran. So um, that was the 49ers' fifth-round pick. All right, fifth-round pick, Talano Hufunga. Now, they also had uh, two more fifth-round picks. One, Diamador Lenore, drafted at pick 172 out of Oregon. And Lenore was a person who I'm watching him, and Im immediately everybody's like, Nickel, 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 because they look at his 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 uh like how he's kind of built, right? You know, 510-ish, uh like 190 something, like close to 200 pounds. And you know, he was someone I got I should put pull up his numbers right now. Let's see. Uh Diamador, because I, I want to see what he I go off of film. So anybody that uh will go will hold on, Diamador Lenore. Anybody that like has watched any of my evaluations and things like that, I don't. I'm trying to look for his numbers. Anybody that has paid any attention to like my my evaluations and things like that, I don't. I don't go off of numbers, right? Now there are some people that do. Okay, well he ran four four four. That's really good. But his vertical jump was thirty four and a half. So that's that's interesting right there, right? Somebody that ran a 4.44, but had a 34-inch vert. So something's not quite matching up, right? Like as far as the explosiveness goes. What was his broad jump? His broad jump was nine something, then he ain't no 4.4 guy. All right, let's look at it. Uh Javon Holland, Thomas Graham. Damn, all the verticals were kind of. Where's Lenore? What the heck? Oh, here we go. Uh, 10 foot broad jump. Not bad. 7023 cone. Not bad. All right. Um, but looking at Diamondor Lenore, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, that, that's a nickel. He's a nickel. He's a nickel. And I'm like, man, like, let's see. Like, I'll I, I, I'll watch him. And um, I thought he played well on the outside. He was scrappy. We did a film session on him. I thought he did some really good things uh, from off coverage, press coverage. I thought he was a versatile corner. I thought he was comfortable playing off playing press. And I was like, you know what? This is a good guy. I'm interested to see him at on the outside. I don't think that he's just purely a nickel guy. Then I watched him in the NFL, watched him in the preseason. And I noticed one thing right away. When, when he was running vertical with guys, he played well. He played well. When he was running vertical with guys, he struggled to kind of get his head around. And it was a consistent thing, right? Like, I know you guys be like, 49ers corners never get their heads around. They do. You guys just don't care when they do. Or you'll just be like, oh, finally got the head around. They they do. But one thing with him is he never he never really did. So that told me, like, uh, he's he's having a tough time a little bit keeping up with guys vertically. Let me see if it happens again. So then the next game happened again, happened again. Got beat on a vertical, but they overthrew the ball. I'm like, I think he lacks the ideal vertical speed. Now I remember one year, Kyle Shanahan, someone asked him, What what do you have to do to be a good uh, a, a outside receiver. Like, what do you look for in the outside receiver? And he's like, you got to be able to win vertically. So when corners, I kind of take that same approach. You have to be able to cover vertically to be a legit outside cornerback, whether it's with your length or your speed. 
And I thought he he lacked a little bit of both. That's what it looked like. So then I'm like, you know what? I think he is more of a nickel. But he had to play a whole lot of outside. It's just me thinking. I think I think Lenore had to play a lot of outside early on. I don't know if that was the plan for him, but they were hurt in the secondary. You had um, uh, Mosley, he missed time. And then you had, you know, uh, Verrett, he had missed some time with it, right, to the point where they end up starting, you know, Amber Thomas and D'Amador Lenore. We'll get to Amber Thomas. But um, I think they ideally wanted him to be more of a nickel guy, but then they had to throw him outside because of the injury. So he plays well. So they're like, all right, he's starting first two weeks. I think it was the Lions game. He got beat on a vertical, but the ball was overthrown. Obviously, in the in the Oregon, uh, Oregon, in the Eagles game, he got beat vertically twice. One, he did a good job of squeezing the guy to the point where he kind of stepped out of bounds by before like catching the ball and running off on him. But again, showed me uh the speed. And then he got beat by um uh Kez Watkins for like a 91-yard play. And it was just, I don't know if he's ever gonna be able to truly do something about the lack of vertical speed. But I think he profiles as a tremendous nickel guy because if you watch the Amador Lenore on underneath stuff, he was sticky. He was sticky. He's breaking up passes. He's knocking stuff away. He's challenging guys. He really was a big part of holding uh, Devontae Smith to two catches for 16 yards. He broke up a pass vertically as well. I think there was he showed enough really good things to where I'm like, okay, nickel, like he can be a legit nickel in the NFL. But that's a totally different position. It's totally different. I know you guys look at it as just defensive back, right? DB, cornerback, right? You're a corner. Play on the outside, playing nickel, you're a cornerback. No, there's so much more. There's actually so much more that goes to playing the nickel position that it's just a tough transition. So I figured there will be that kind of transition period. Now, on the outside, he did also, D'Amador Lenore, played against the uh, Green Bay Packers. And did he play against them the whole game, though? No, because he got called for the P.I. on the slot fade, which I thought he get, did a good job on the slot fade. I think they lost Josh Norman that game because why was he on the outside at the end of the game? Anyways, he was on the outside at the end of the game, and a couple of plays happened that weren't great for him. One, there was kind of this, like, a pattern match, and I think they had, like, trips to the left, and you had – two guys break in and you had the three guy run a corner route and he squeezed that in from the outside from the one a little too much. And that kind of prohibited him from being able to get back right now on the corner route and the ball went right over his hand. I think we we see that and we see the play where he gave up on um, and everybody blamed, uh, everybody blamed D'Amico Ryans, but D'Amico Ryans had a bracket on Devontae Adams. They're supposed to be playing two men. Two man, you're supposed to get in a trail position to undercut any in or out breaking route. And Devontae Adams ran in, but and that's where Diamond Lenore is supposed to undercut that. That was the last play to get them in field goal range. Diamond Lenore is supposed to be underneath and, and undercut that while Hufunga was over the top of him. I think if you want to blame uh, D'Amico Rice for anything right there, it's for putting two rookies in that position. All right. And um, so you had him, he's supposed to be trailing. Instead, he was on top of Devontae Adams and outside. So he was a little confused or whatever. And I don't think we've seen him since. <laughs> now, my thing with that is, well, at what point is it like, well, just let's use those things as learning lessons, right? Like, okay, I have to learn from that. I think both of those things are very correctable. It wasn't like a a, a physical limitation thing. It was, it was just a mental lapse of not truly understanding because you're a rookie and maybe not being in those type of positions. So 
I would like to see him active. I would like to see him playing. I would like to see them work him in. The fact that they're not, it's a little, uh, a little interesting. Now you had another fifth round pick, all right? And I think they, I think they did good with these guys. Like you know, the the three guys that we mentioned already: sixth round pick Elijah Mitchell, fifth round pick Talanoa Hufunga, fifth round pick Diamondo uh, Lenore. I think they have done well with those guys. Are they stars or anything like that? Maybe Elijah Mitchell might be, but I don't think that, I don't think that those three guys that I've named so far are guys that just can't play in the NFL. We'll see if Hufunga's lack of speed gets him down the line, but they're not guys that can't play. Um, real quick, I uh, someone said Kirkpatrick. Okay, now with Kirkpatrick and um, so you have Kirkpatrick and you have Josh Norman. I believe that they're playing over Diamador Lenore because the 49ers view Lenore as more of a nickel. That's my opinion. And really, those are two different positions. All right, so that's now I have heard something about guys need to learn how to be pros. They get and it's like, I mean, they're rookies. Yes, they need to learn how to be pros. But, and this is my thing, right? When people talk about rookie mistakes, you know, rookie mistakes from cornerbacks, uh, rookie mistakes from quarterbacks, whatever the case is, if the veterans are making the same mistakes, right? If if uh, Josh Norman is making the same mistakes near the goal line and getting beat on outs and things like that, like, like, why not play the rookie and let him go through his ups and downs and get those valuable reps? That's the, that's, that's, those are the parts right there that make it a little difficult for me to really kind of back what they're doing with these rookies. All right. I'm trying to look at it through their eyes, but those are things I don't understand. So again, Elijah Mitchell, Talano, Hufunga, Diamondola, Lenore. That's a sixth round pick, fifth round pick, fifth round pick. To me, they all look like they belong in the NFL. They don't look like they can't play. I believe that all of them, look like guys that could potentially be starters, right? Whether they're starters right now or two years down the line, whatever the case is, potentially be starters. Obviously, Elijah Mitchell looks like he's going to be really good. All right. Now, the other fifth-round pick, Jalen Moore out of Western Michigan. I, I, I looked a little bit into him, and I know a lot of people thought maybe he would end up being a guard. At the Senior Bowl, he did both. He played some guard. He played some uh, He played some guard. He played some tackle. Uh, he played one game this year. And from my understanding, it wasn't bad. Now, I'm not somebody that sat and watched him. I don't even think I paid attention to him. I'm so more focused on why the hell the 49ers keep losing. But from everything I've been told, Jalen Moore was not bad. Why they put in Tom Compton over Jalen Moore, I don't know. Was it because maybe they view him like, you know, Moore is used to playing left tackle. Maybe he's practiced that left tackle and the right tackle went down and they trusted Tom Compton more. I don't know. But again, I remember Kyle Shanahan saying he didn't draft his DBs to come in and start or these late round guys to come in and start. I think he um, he said that depth. But it's like, okay, if you draft these guys in their depth and you want to develop them to potentially be starters, when the starter does go down, shouldn't the rookie be coming in? A guy that you put in when Trent Williams went down and he was not bad and he started a game. Uh, you know, can we stack together some good games with him? And eventually, hey, maybe he's your starting right tackle moving forward or whatever the case is. But more from my understanding, and again, I'm not someone who who really evaluated him when he played. And I probably should go back and watch. From what everybody told me, he was not bad. He wasn't bad. All right, so that's something that uh, we're going to keep an eye on. But again, now, for everybody that says this this draft class is so bad, I think so far, when I'm as I'm talking through this, and really I'm kind of processing this as I'm going through it with you guys. Elijah Mitchell looks like a starter. Tyler Noah Hufunga, 
at minimum, a depth piece, potential starter. We'll see. Has started games. Yamadou Lenore has started games, right? Jalen Moore has started games. The last four guys have started for the 49ers, and I think we can all agree that they have done things well, right? So I know I have some people in here saying, like, what draft class? But Elijah Mitchell, Hufunga, Yamadou Lenore, Jalen Moore, these are all guys who have played, and I think they have showed the ability to be NFL players. That's good. That's good. Now, can you build on that, right? Now with the next guy. With the uh, comp pick, uh, pick 102, 49ers draft, Ambry Thomas, cornerback out of Michigan. And uh, you look at Ambry Thomas right now, and now this is the first one where it's a bit of a head-scratcher. I watched him at Michigan. And we did a film. We did a film study on him. You, if you go back, you can look and 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 find that. The thing I came away with was he's a good football player. Uh, he wasn't as twitchy as I would like. He wasn't as scheme versatile as I would like. But I'm like, if the 49ers do go towards more of a man scheme, this is somebody that can be good in the NFL. Like I, I think if they have him more at the line of scrimmage, clearly he was used to playing at the line of scrimmage. He did more press stuff. He did some um, press stuff and reading concepts from press alignment, even if it was a zone or quarters or cover two, which you can do. I found that out when I was with the New York Jets, and we could run every coverage from, from press except for, like, sky cover three. But aside from that, whether it was a fire zone three, four, three, two, six, whatever it was, I can play all my coverages from a, play, a press alignment. So Ambry Thomas, if he was someone who they allowed to play from a press alignment and play more man, I thought he'd be a good football player for the 49ers. Not the twitchiest. I watched him against uh, Alabama, and I was like, uh, yeah, I have a little tough time against uh, Deontay Smith, or Devontae Smith, excuse me. But I thought there were some really good things that I liked about it, right? Now, he has not played. And I will say this. Even in man, when they were making things a little bit more simplistic for him uh, in preseason, he did not necessarily look good. How do you fix that? Again, someone, I thought he was talented. I thought from a height, weight, speed standpoint, everything was there. But something's not translating to the NFL. And I'm not sure quite what it is. I'm not sure. I wish I could tell you guys. I wish I understood it more. Part of this is maybe, again, understanding the transition to the NFL because some of these guys, it's weird. I watched Ambry Thomas, and one thing that stood out to me early on watching this film was, man, has a good mind. Um, I watched him one play get everybody set up. I saw him, they have, uh, uh, Notre Dame had kind of came down and they did something. He's checking and he's getting everybody set up. He's like, hey, you here, you here, you here. Then he got himself lined up, and he's from off coverage, got hands on, squeezed around vertically. I'm like, damn, that was good. Like, that was good stuff, Ambry Thomas. That was hella good. And we just haven't seen that version of him in the NFL. Is it a lack of confidence? Because at the NFL level, especially playing cornerback, you have to have confidence. You have to have confidence. And I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened from the time he was drafted <laughs> to the time preseason happened. Because the training camp, he already started getting burnt. I don't know what happened, but clearly – there's a disconnect. There's some. There's uh, attention to detail. Maybe he overestimated his own ability or underestimated NFL talent, but it has not looked good for whatever reason. Got into the games. Okay, maybe it'll look different. No, didn't look in the games. So they're going to have to figure that out with Ambry Thomas. I don't know. 
But I will say this. All right, because we've gone through one, two, three, four. He's the fifth guy. Out of the five guys, four of them have looked good in legit playing time for the 49ers. Four of them have started. Four of the five, Amber Thomas being the fifth guy. Four of the five that guys that we've talked about right now, Elijah Mitchell, Tyler Noah Hufunga, Yamadou Lenore, Jalen Moore, they have started and looked like well. They look like they could play in the NFL. Amber Thomas, I don't, I don't know. And it's crazy because I did like his film. I noticed where he might be a little, uh, we'll see. But I'm surprised by how it has gone. Like, I am. I am truly surprised by how it was going. Trey Sermon. I I don't know. I don't, it's third round pick, 88th uh, uh, overall pick. They actually traded up for Trey Sermon. I think they gave up two fourth round picks to move up to get him. I don't, I don't know. One, I don't understand the pick. Uh, we talked about it on here before. The 49ers, they they value, they, 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 they try to show that they value running backs more than they do because every running back that they end up playing is like undrafted or a late round pick. But they still take these big swings on running backs. And it, it doesn't really make sense to me. You draft uh Trey Sermon third round, you don't play him at all. He's not doing something right. He's the same runner. Trey Sermon is the same runner for the 49ers as he was for Michigan, uh, uh, Ohio State. Same runner. He's running the same way. He looks the same. He's doing a lot of the same things. Now I get it. Everybody's like, oh, he dances too much, whatever. Whatever the case is, and he's not running bad. He's averaging over four yards a carry. He's averaging over four yards a carry. He's not even running bad in the NFL. I don't know why they're not playing him. So I'm not going to look at Trey Sermon as a bust. It's just a question mark because I don't understand what's going on. Trey Sermon is the same runner, and it's had some solid production. Same as he did for Ohio State. He looks the same. He moves the same. He's running well, but they're not playing him. I don't I don't know. So I, I can't – I'm not going to say he's a bust. There are people like, oh, he's a bust because he's not playing, or he's just a miss because he's not playing. I can't say that because he's averaging over four yards of carry. He's had extensive playing time. He had one game where he didn't have, like, a, a, a big – like yards per carry, but Seattle, he ran extremely well. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, he looks like that. Seattle, he ran for almost 100 yards. Next game, one carry, seven yards. What? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this is your third-round pick. This is your third-round pick. So I don't I don't know what's going on with Sermon, but I'm not someone that's going to say Trey Sermon sucks. I'm not going to say he kept playing the NFL. I'm not going to say he hasn't looked good. So, again, let's start to go back. I have my little notes right here. Let's go back to the draft picks. Sixth-round pick, Elijah Mitchell, looks good, starter in the NFL. Fifth-round pick, Talanoa Hufunga, has started. We'll see. Could possibly be a death piece, but even if he's a, a career death piece for the 49ers, that's not bad. Um, you know, if he's a core special teamer, if he can come in and in, in a pinch, there's some things that he does good that got to figure out. You know, he has to understand his weaknesses and whatnot, but he's not a bad pick. Diamondola Lenore, looks like he's not a bad pick. I think he has a, a future in starting in the NFL. Uh as early as next year, and I don't understand why they're not playing him more right now because the things I did see him screw up on, if he's at the nickel, he can overcome those things. Uh, Jalen Moore, I, I didn't evaluate him, but I see everybody else say that he's started. So right now, and then you got Ambry Thomas, which, okay, yeah, you want to say he's a bust? Yeah, all right. But so far, and then you got Trey Sermon. So we got out of the six guys we've talked about so far, and I'm including Trey Sermon in this, they are guys that can play in the NFL and have some set, some level of success with the 49ers. This, so far, this is not a bad draft class. 
this is not a bad draft class. They can play. What I don't know, I don't know what Kyle Shanahan is is doing with them, especially Lenore, especially Trey Sermon. Like I, I don't understand how you look at Trey Sermon and how he has ran and said, "Okay, we got Elijah Mitchell. That's our guy. That's our future." But I don't know how you say Trey Sermon can't play. I don't know how you say Trey Sermon uh, can't suit up. I'm not. I'm not seeing that. That I'm not seeing that. Right? Are we seeing somebody just sucks again? He's averaging over four yards a carry. Had a game where he he was the guy and he ran for almost hundred yards. Like he can play. He doesn't suck, but they just elect not to play him. I don't. I don't know. So it, it could be something off the field, but he's not somebody that I don't think can't play. I don't understand. I don't understand where Kyle Shanahan is going with this. All right. Now you have Aaron Banks. And there's a lot of things I don't understand, and we're going to get to him and Trey Lance as well. So then you have Aaron Banks. This has to I, – I didn't like Aaron Banks. Hold on. I did have a – hold on. I did have a super chat. Who's your NFL MVP, and how do you rebuild the 2021 49ers? All right, hold on. Chris, what we're going to do is we're going to – we're going to – I'm just going to – I'm just going to leave that up there. All right, I'm going to leave that up just so I make sure I get back to that. All right. I don't want to. I don't want to miss that. All right, here we go. So Aaron Banks, I didn't like Aaron Banks. I didn't like his film. I didn't understand the fit with the 49ers. Uh, when I watched Aaron Banks on film, I saw somebody that definitely could not miss in space. Uh, I said this on Locked On 49ers. So if you guys listen to Locked On 49ers, make sure you guys listen to the previous episode. It was Winky Wednesday. All right, but um, I said this like I feel like the 49ers are pissing on us. And they're telling us it's rain, right? Like they're peeing on us and they're telling us it's rain. And they did that with Aaron Banks. They told us that, yeah, he's he's really big. He's he's bigger than some of the guys that we've looked into before. But no, he he moves great for he moves great and he does all these things. And I'm watching, I'm like, no, the hell he doesn't. <laughs> I'm watching him and he's not moving well in space. I saw him trying to like, you know, be like a pulling guard. And he like he struggled so much to get to guys, like sometimes he just fall on the ground. Like, I counted in one game where he fell, like, two, three times. And I was like, what the hell? This is not what they said he was. And then I'm watching him. Even when guys are kind of stationary, if a guy, like, gave him any type of move, he would just, like, uh, panic and, like, just grab him. Now, he is a big wall. In the more power scheme, I could see how he fit. But with the 49ers drafted him to be in a more of a movement-type offense, I didn't see it. And the fact that – and everybody told me, like, no, he's athletic, he's this, he's that. And I'm like, what the hell are y'all watching? And Peacock – Saw the same thing. This was one of the first conversations that uh, Peacock and myself had. It's like in one of the first episodes since I joined Locked On 49ers. What are y'all watching? What are y'all watching? Aaron Banks, I never thought he was good. And I'm like, well, maybe I'm wrong because I'm not an offensive line guy. But I'm looking at it and I'm like, it doesn't look right. Clearly, he can't play. He was more of what I thought he was than what they thought he was. John Lynch talked about how much they liked him. and They would have drafted him. This and that. They wanted to make sure that they got him and all this down the other. Somebody right here, my guy Lee, always seems to be off balance. Correct. I mean, I, I I didn't think he moved well. He fell on his face. He or he 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 just failed to even pull and reach a guy. Like it looked bad. I don't know what they were talking about. I've been very positive about a lot of the other picks. Um, Aaron Banks was one that I did not care for. So everybody, and I will give 49ers Twitter this. Y'all all love Asante Samuel, and I think the 49ers would have been better for drafting Samuel right there than draft and and w- waiting and see what they did with uh, uh, a lineman in the third round or whatever than drafting uh, Aaron Banks. 
I didn't care for it. So um, I will get, I'm not really big on hindsight, but I know 49er fans were like, they they wanted they wanted him bad. They wanted a uh, uh, Asante Samuel. I like I think because of my power rankings, I had a uh, I had in that spot I had Terrence Marshall, and then I had Asante Samuel Jr. So according to my power rankings, I would have drafted Terrence Marshall. But if Terrence Marshall wasn't there, I would have drafted Asante Samuel Jr. And I know most 49er fans would have taken Asante Samuel Jr. And they did not. They took Aaron Banks. I didn't like. I never liked the pick. So. All that again, let, let's talk through this because it does. I think when you just think of the draft class, and we're getting to Trey Lance now, we're just getting to the draft class. It looks like a class where it's like bad class. I don't think it's a bad class, I actually think it's a good class. Again, let's go through them Eliza Mitchell, NFL starter, Tyler No Hufunga can start. We'll see, uh, does things well. Doesn't look, he looks like he, he doesn't look like he doesn't belong on the NFL field. I hope I said that right. Diamador Lenore. I think he's a future starter at the nickel position. All right, good pick. I was encouraged by uh, a lot of his play. Um, obviously, areas where he can improve, but I think where he can improve, especially if it's a nickel spot, more from the mental standpoint. Jalen Moore. I didn't evaluate him, uh, his game when he started, but everybody said that he looked like he did well. All right. Uh, Ambry Thomas, mm, we'll see. I think there's a lack of uh, confidence there. Even if he's one that you're like, ah, not good, we'll cross him off. All right. Trey Sermon, I think Trey Sermon has been good when he played. I think he's ran well. Uh, I don't see why he's not playing as a one-two punch with Elijah Mitchell. I don't understand that. That's more on the coaching staff than I think uh, Trey Sermon not being a good pick or a good running back. I think he could run. Ran for almost 100 yards against uh, Seattle. Next week gets one carry against the Arizona Cardinals for seven yards. And then I don't even know if we've seen him carry the ball since. And then you have uh, Aaron Banks. I never liked that pick. And it brings us to Trey Lance. First round pick. All right, so let's talk about this. All right, let's talk about this. So Trey Sermon, and I have the super chat up because I want to make sure I get back to that. Trey Sermon. I mean, Trey Lance, excuse me. Trey Lance. The third overall pick, the 49ers draft Trey Lance, right? And they, they traded up to get him. Now, I don't want to be a hindsight person. So let's let's look at what Eric Crocker said. Hold on. Hold on. This is what I said. Pre-pick. Eric Crocker. Uh, 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 hold on. Got to find it. Hold on, y'all. The heck? Why well, I can't find it? I can't find the, the tweet. Anyways, the tweet is out there. So you have Trey Lance. And um, my my thing that I, I tweeted out, I'm going to find the tweet, and I'm going to try to share the screen because it's not like hindsight. Before the draft. Someone asked me about a question about who the 49ers should take. And I said, for if if I had to bet my life savings. Now, first, let me talk about my QB order. All right. I had number one, I had uh Justin Fields at QB one. 
At QB2, Trevor Lawrence. At QB3, I had Trey Lance. All right. QB4 was uh, uh, Zach Wilson and then Mac Jones, which I could have flip flopped those guys. I like Mac Jones. Uh, I just, there were some things with Zach Wilson. Anyways, Trey Lance, I tweeted out if I had to bet my life savings, if I had to bet my life savings, which might not be that much, you know, depending on who you are, but if I had to bet my life savings on one of these guys panning out, it would be Trey Lance. I got to find this tweet. I got to find this tweet. And some people are like, like, you know, like, why, like, why would that be woo-woo? And this is my thing. I've been in NFL locker rooms. I've been in NFL locker rooms. And one thing that I've noticed is there are guys that are really talented and, and they go really high, but the work ethic, the mindset, you know, like it, you have to take those things into account. Because these guys, I've seen them. I've seen the guys that have an immense amount of talent and ability. And it's like, well, why doesn't it work out? So I could think that Justin Fields was the most talented quarterback in this class, which I do and I still do. But there was something about Trey Lance who definitely has high end upside. But when you hear, when you hear about the mind, and I'm not just talking about one person. Everything I listen to, every person I talk to, I even talk to people that are close to North Dakota State, Bisons. Bisons, there we go. Um Everybody, the for who Trey Lance was and the work ethic, like in, in the mindset and all that, everything that went into it, how high they were on him. I said, that's got to be the guy because you can't like you can't really fake that, especially not from that many people. You can't fake that. You either have it or you don't. So my thought process was whatever Trey Lance has to fix. Right. And we talk about some, you know, um, accuracy things. We talk about whatever the case is, you know, playing that lower level talent with North Dakota State, whatever the case is, whatever it is he has to work through, I feel like he has the mindset, he has the drive, he has the, the you know, the, the foundation from his parents, how they rooted him. He's going to work through it, whatever it is, because he has that type of mindset. I, that is not, there, there's certain people you don't doubt, doubt he's one of them. I remember uh, listening to, I believe it was Matt Mayoko. He went out there and he talked to the parents and everything. And his dad told him, because he had made his mind up, Dad, I want to go D1. I want to play Division One football. And his dad was like, all right, well, you're going to have to work harder. Woo-woo. So in the eighth grade, and if y'all know kids these days, and he's a kid, tw- just turned 21. If y'all know kids these days, some of them don't really have, like, a strong work ethic like that. They rather play video games on that. But in the eighth grade, his dad said, if you want me to work with you, then you got to wake me up early in the morning and I'll work out with you, right? In the eighth grade, Trey Lance started working, waking his dad up at like 5 a.m. to work out. It was like 5 a.m. or whatever, before school and all that. And I was like, you can't really teach that. So whatever, whatever Trey Lance needs to work on, he has the mental capacity to do it. He has the mindset. He has the work ethic. And a lot of people don't have that. All right, like a lot of people don't have that. Again, I've been in NFL locker rooms with first round picks, with top picks. I've been around NFL players. I understand what these guys' mindsets are, things that they like to do and whatnot, and why sometimes it doesn't work out. It, most of the time, it's not because of lack of talent. So saying all that, Trey Lance was, I, I didn't think that he was the best quarterback in this class. I thought Justin Fields was, then Trevor Lawrence, then Mac Jones. I mean, excuse me, then uh, Trey, Trey Lance. But... I thought, like, if there's any guy that I'm going to bet on, 
And I put my money on it. It's somebody with that mindset. So that's that. So when the 49ers drafted him, I was, I was excited. Now, there have been things that have transpired since then. And we're going to talk about why I feel like Kyle Shanahan has put him and himself, he has put himself and Trey Lance in a really tough position. That's going to be the next segment. We're going to talk about that. All right. But I thought that he was a guy who played him right away. Right? Like, play him right away. One, and most people were saying this. Well, he hasn't played in a year or two or whatever the case is. Hasn't played. Like, do you sit him and let him develop? Because a lot of people are like, well, he's raw. Hasn't had a lot of the, you know, he hasn't thrown a lot of passes. You need to sit him and deal. And it's like, well, if he hasn't thrown a lot of passes and he doesn't have a lot of the experience that you want, is sitting him the right way to go about it? And I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I I, I don't I don't know. Right? Um, But... To me, that didn't quite make sense, right? And I think for most of y'all, it didn't quite make sense. I think most people are like, uh, the kid needs a play. They've elected not to play him. Now, in training camp, and you guys remember this, he came out on fire, right? And he came out being everything that you thought he he would be. He's coming out. He's making plays with his legs. He's throwing the ball around. He's throwing the ball downfield. He's stretching the field. I believe at one time, like in his first like few practices in training camp, it was like he had six bombs completed. You know, he's moving on, you know, he's, his, his, his efficiency in the red zone, everything's hot. And then you hear a report. And then they talk, they start talking about, you know, they ask Kyle Shannon because they're seeing this. And even people like Mayoko are like, this guy is better than I thought. And he's better fast. And this is like, this is a legit quarterback. 49ers, I think they struck gold. Like Matt Mayoko saying this. And he, he wanted Mac Jones. He didn't want Trey Lance. And he's looking and he's like, I think the 49ers got some here. And then... People were asking Kyle Shanahan, like, you know, what are you going to do with this rookie? Like, he's basically pushing your start. Oh, nah, Jimmy Garoppolo is having the best camp that he's ever had. He's our starter. No, Trey Lance. And I think that kind of hurt Trey Lance's confidence. And I looked at it as, like, this kid, right, because, you you know, you see the report that his confidence at one point, he started off really hot and then his confidence. But I thought about it as a kid, like, or, like, a kid, and I'm pretty sure you guys all have kids. And if your kid is, like, Man, I'm doing all these things. I'm 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 doing really good. And you know, and like, okay, dad, you see that? Like, dad, did you see that? Like, did you see how good I did? And your dad is like, Oh, yeah, uh, but yeah, no, you're still it's not good enough. Like, do this, do this, do this. And it's just like, like, damn, like, I feel like I've done everything I possibly can. And I think that kind of hurt Trey Lance a little bit, where it's like Kyle kept pushing him off, like just pushing it off. Nope. Trey, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo. And I get it. Trey Lance is doing this against the twos, but at what point do you say, okay, he's doing this against the twos and he's balling and he's throwing and he's, and he's doing that, all these different things or whatever. You know what? Let's start getting them refs with the one and let's make this a legit quarterback competition. But Kyle Shanahan never did. Kyle never did. It was just Jimmy, Jimmy. Then you come in and preseason, he's playing under center, play action, bomb 80 yards, and he's doing these things. Okay, he missed this throw, had these drops, whatever. Let's build off of this. Kyle, no, Jimmy's our guy. And it was just like, and it's been tough. All right, so Trey Lance talked about uh, it being, you know, him being the first-round pick. I loved the pick. That was the guy that I would have taken. Um, I'm really excited about where he's going. I think he has a tremendous upside. But I also think that Kyle Shanahan has not only hurt uh, Trey Lance, but he's hurt himself as well. And we're going to get in that on the next uh, topic. All right. 
Appreciate everybody that's in here right now. If you've enjoyed this show, make sure you hit that like button, hit the subscribe button. Underdog Fantasy, appreciate everybody that's been rocking with me. Uh, this Thursday, I think I might, um, I don't know, should we do like a, a, a episode on just Underdog Fantasy over under best that you guys are doing? Download the app, Underdog Fantasy, or go to underdogfantasy.com and type in promo code Crocky. You guys have been killing it. I see my numbers. They're awesome. I appreciate it. Underdog Fantasy, they got over-unders, all type of fun stuff. So um, make sure you guys tune into that. Before I get into Kyle Shanahan and how he's really putting himself and Trey Lance in a tough position, I want to answer this question from my guy, Chris. Who's your NFL MVP and how do you rebuild the 2022 49ers? Jimmy, Jim Crockett, I like that. Um, NFL MVP. She was Derek Carr. <laughs> Derek Carr, man, for all he's had to go through with this team, and he's still kind of holding this whole thing together somehow. I don't know how Las Vegas is still being afloat. And I think a lot of it has to do with Derek Carr. He's held together. He's the face. He's taken on everything. He's been the, the, just the face of the team. He's done a legitimate job. And I just, like, for for everything that he's going through and for him to be able to still hold that stuff together, man, I mean, you you, you have to, like, there's a lot of love for that. So maybe it's not NFL MVP. I don't know, but maybe they got to give him some kind of award because that's been a tough situation. And right now they're definitely well above 500. They're doing well. I think they just came off of a tough loss. But um, it's like, man, lose your head coach, you know, his offense. Uh, you have your stuff going on with your receiver. You just have a quarterback, I mean, a corner with, like, waving guns and trying to kill people. And, you know, all this turmoil, being in Vegas and all that, and the steady rock has been car the whole time. Oh, as far as uh, – my bad. Damn, I'm not going to be able to go back to it. But as far as as far as far uh, rebuilding the 49ers, it's tough because I don't think they're in a rebuild situation. I think the 49ers have a talented roster. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, when you get Jimmy Garoppolo off your books, there should be some money that's added. Um, I think that will help the team as well. Uh, you know, be able to build pieces around Trey Lance. But I don't think it's so much of a rebuild situation. It's just – kind of reload, like, where can we get better? I think the receivers are in place, the tight ends in place. I think the offensive line, you might, you know, we'll see what happens with Banks. Again, I never liked them, but we'll see. Uh, you know, if you could shore that up, I think you got the running back pieces, uh, receivers, tight ends, weapons, offensive line, maybe get a center. Alex Mack, we'll see if this is last year. Uh, defense, I think you really have to get good on 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 the front, and that'll affect everything else. So, um I don't know if this is like a, a – it's not a rebuild situation. It's just like they got to reload at a couple positions. And Kyle Shanahan has to check back in. For all the, for all Shanahan trying to keep Trey in a certain place, Trey will be the one who saves his damn job. Kyle needs to check his damn ego. Okay, so big dance. We're going to keep that up because that's going to lead us to our next topic. Right now, I feel like Kyle Shanahan has put himself and Trey Lance in an extremely difficult position. Now, some of this is going to be hindsight, and you guys know I'm not like a big hindsight person, all right? Uh, I'm not a big hindsight person, but in hindsight, because some of the people would have did this, and I was talking about this before. Kyle Shanahan, he went with Jimmy Garoppolo because he felt like he was the better person for the job right now, right? That's what we're thinking. It, it, we're going we're gonna to go with Jimmy, and we're going to go to the playoffs and all that, and then, you know, we got your your – owner, uh, Jay York coming out and he's like, well, 
you know, Trey Lance, he can sit for a year. He can sit for two years if Jimmy Garoppolo is playing at a uh, MVP caliber level. Like, you know, yeah, he was just kind of speaking. But again, like that's what they were they were uh, they were talking about, right? It was oh, you know, if Jimmy Garoppolo is playing at a MVP caliber level, then Trey Lance can sit for multiple years. We're winning Super Bowls, whatever. That ain't the case. You suck right now. You're under five hundred. You're three and five. All right. Nobody was expecting this. Kyle wasn't expecting this. None of you guys were expecting this, especially with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. But this is what this is why Kyle has put himself in a very tough position. It's because if he played Trey Lance this whole time and you're three and five or whatever, but you see signs of, of Trey Lance improving, or you see the things that are you're kind of optimistic about, right? If you did that, then Nobody would look at, at Kyle Shanahan like he's a failure. But this is why he put himself in a tough position. Because right now, and Trey Lance, because even if he goes to Trey Lance right now and it doesn't look good right away, people people are going to think like this whole thing is a disaster. If he would have started Trey Lance from week one or even week two, I look at the situation with the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields. Justin Fields, for everybody, oh, Justin Fields this, Justin Fields that. He was terrible. Justin Fields was terrible the, his first start. He was terrible. The first time he came in the game, he was terrible. The first start, he was terrible. Justin Fields was terrible. But he had time to kind of overcome that. And eventually, he continued to progress and get better and better, right? And it ain't leading the wins. Chicago has lost four straight games. Now, they played four good teams. But, well, not the 49ers. But they, Chicago has lost four straight games. But within, within those four games, you can just see moments, right? Like not even like full games, but you just see moments where it's like, okay, Fields, I see it. Okay, Fields, they just lost to Pittsburgh. And everybody is like, he, like, Fields is best, 49ers messed up, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you guys are saying this and screaming this in a loss. But in the one game that we've seen the 49ers play with Trey Lance, that one start, was damn near just as good as anything we've seen from Fields or any other rookie this year, right? Like the Trey Lance, the 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 the, the now the 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 pressure that's going to be put on him to look great right away is is sky high. He Trey Lance did not have a bad game against Arizona. Did he miss some throws? Yeah. Did he throw? You know? Did he miss some reads? Okay. Yeah. Every rookie quarterback so far has done that. The difference is one. Most of these guys, except for uh, our guy. Um, Justin Fields, most of these guys started throughout training camp, um, preseason, they've been in all the reps and everything. And even then, they come into the season and they played. I see somebody says our quarterback has less than 20 starts. Like, <laughs> community college, come on now, stop. Uh, all those guys have had starting starting reps all throughout the training camp. Um, they, they've had the, the game plans put around them the whole time. They've been developed with the first string as the guy. They've gone through training camp, all that, with all of that. And still most of them came into the, to the start of the season and looked like ass. Trevor Lawrence, uh, Zach Wilson. Uh, and for Zach Wilson, it's, oh, well, the Jets, blah, blah, blah. Well, Mike White comes in and throws for over 400 yards, and then the next game comes in and throws for over 100 yards in the first quarter and a touchdown and ends up leaving the game due to injury. But, like, well, it's the same cast. Well, yeah. Well, Zach Wilson looks like that because he's a rookie. And all the other rookies have gone through this. I watched for everybody Mac Jones. I watched Mac Jones throw three interceptions in the game. If Trey Lance throws three interceptions in the game, what are they saying? Right? Right? I've seen him throw pick sixes. 
I've seen him, whatever. You know what's really saving Mac Jones right now? Yes, he's been dinking and ducking. He's efficient and stuff like that. Their defense is playing amazing every game. Every every game I watch of the Patriots, I see a defensive back run into the end zone with the, with the ball. Peak sixes. 49ers can't force a turnover. So, like, when you look at these guys in the situation, in these rookie quarterbacks, in the rookie quarterbacks, these guys have all had their ups and downs. Every single one of them. I just saw, I just saw um, uh, Trevor Lawrence win a game. The score was nine to six. The final score was nine to six. Trevor Lawrence, the savior, the the anointed one. Like you know what I'm saying? Like we look at all that and all these that these guys are doing, and it has not been great. Do you think? And I see somebody. Mac Jones has been the most impressive. He's been the most efficient one. Right, he's been efficient. He's efficient in college, but now because of the situation with the 49ers, Trey Lance is like, oh well, he's like the we're all oh, the 49 because he's not playing. In his one start, he was good. Like he wasn't bad for a rookie, right? For a rookie, Trey Lance was not bad in his start. He was he almost had 300 yards of offense. You know, whatever he got stopped on the goal line. That's a whatever cases. But you, I saw a lot of things I was encouraged by. But the standard for him, the expectations now are like sky high. And he's going to be looked at now to save the 49ers, as opposed to if you play him right away, what were the expectations? Ha uh, expectations. Hasn't played a lot of games. Uh, hasn't, you know, it, it was, I hasn't played a lot. Needs the, needs the development, all this down the other, needs the reps, whatever. So whatever happens, if the 49ers are three and five with him, you'd be in a much better position. You'd feel better about it. And you'd say that he'd, get him, he'd improve. I think Delantica, I see you in the tweet. I see you in the chat a lot. Where's he at? You got to be trolling. Matter of fact, you can come on right now. Now, nobody else, nobody else clicked to come on except for him because he comes in all the time. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Nobody else click on this except for Dolanite. So Dolanite, come on. If anybody else clicks in, I, eventually I'll get you guys on, but not yet. All right. But Dolanite, you, you click in here and you come on and we'll talk about it. All right. Now. I look at all these other rookies and the, them having the opportunities to like organically progress within their ups and their downs. And, and I almost feel like Kyle Shanahan has put himself and Trey Lance in a situation to where everybody's going to want to speed up that process with a guy who most people said needed to learn. But again, in the one start that we saw him in, it was not as bad as some of these other guys, especially when now I see like somebody tweet out something. It was an Arizona guy, like, or something like, oh man, 49ers would be a playoff team with, with Justin Fields. What Justin Fields are you talking about? The one that's lost four straight games, the one that has the one that had one net passing yard in an entire game, the one that had a hundred, uh, you know, it was like 133 uh yards in his first uh start or whatever i mean in his first two starts combined or whatever or the one that we saw lose to pittsburgh again not all on him he's a rookie as is trey lance or any of these other guys but trey lance he's not going the the expectations for whatever reason are going to be much higher for trey lance than they are for the other guys and i don't know why and listening to guys like dola knight bradley i'm not gonna get you on now because the only person i'm getting on right now is dola knight I want him to speak, but he's not coming on. So yeah, so he he don't he don't want to come on. I wasn't gonna go off on him. I just want to hear his perspective, and that's what this platform is for, right? 
this is not about me, like being right or being wrong. I talk about the things that I see or, you know, and I try to bring a different perspective on things. I try to like understand other people's perspectives. So Dolanite says Trey Lance sucked against Arizona. Okay, well, let's come on. Let's talk about it. And let's talk about how he sucked any more or less than any other rookie in their first start. As a matter of fact, he had the second best uh, PFF numbers, according, you know, whatever, according to them, than uh, for any rookie quarterback that started a game this season. And that's for a guy who hadn't started a game in, what, damn near two years. So. Anyways, now. I appreciate everybody that's in here. If you've enjoyed this show, it got a little spicy. I don't like the way that they, they've been handling Trey Lance. And it's weird because I was thinking about it, and I'm like, he's not going to get the same opportunity because now everybody's going to look at Trey Lance to be the savior. And he's not that. Trey Lance ain't the savior of this right now. Not what's going on with this team. Not this three and five team. There's a lot more going on. But I would like to see him get in because, okay, let's start this development. I don't think that's the way that it's going to be perceived. He's going to get nitpicked for everything that he does. But again, we've watched all these other guys. And I don't know if y'all have watched them, but I've watched all these other guys. And they have up moments, they have down moments. They all have had it. He hasn't had the opportunity. He's had one start, and that was it. All right, now, now y'all can come on. Now y'all can come on. Appreciate everybody that's in here. Again, if you've enjoyed this show, hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Appreciate everybody that's in here. Dolan Knight, we're not even, we're not even, we're not going to focus on you anymore. Because you had your chance to come on. You had the chance to warn us or whatever it is that you're trying to do. But uh, you didn't want to come on. And this wasn't about me like, you know, I want to hear your perspective, Dolan Knight. I just want to hear your perspective. I want to hear why you think that as opposed to anything else that these other rookies have done. And I think that's the part. Now, if you, if you look at him, if you want to look at, if you want to look at Trey Lance as just an isolate, like let's disregard anything else that any other rookie has done this year. Let's not look at any of that. The, the Justin Fields throwing for, you know, one net passing yard in the game, getting sacked nine times, getting sacked a league high. Uh, you know, uh, if you want to look at, you know, if you don't want to look at Trey, uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence and what he's, you know, his ups and downs, or even Mac Jones throwing three picks and multiple pick sixes in the game, you know, he's in a good situation with the Patriots. If you don't want to look at any of that and you just want to look at an isolated situation with Trey Lance and, and disregard everything else, first game starting in two years, all that, then I'd say, okay, yeah, we could say he had a bad game. But if you, but if you, if you if you're gonna factor in him with all the other rookies, then there is no way you can say that was a bad game with what we were expecting from him. All right. So again, I, I don't want to come on and say that like I know more than anybody else, but I wanted to give Dolanite the opportunity to come on and just you know speak his piece and we could just have that conversation together. And I hope that everybody else, again, people that are coming on, you don't have to say anything that you feel is gonna please me or anything like that. I, I just want to have this conversation, whatever. You know what I'm saying? However, y'all, y'all, uh, got the first guy up. Bradley, you over there at work? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, I, got, I still got my, uh, 
in the field draft. Hold on. <laughs> I didn't know I stuffed like that up. Hold on. All right, there we go. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, sir, but it's still early. How you doing? <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. What, what's your take on all of this? Uh, I mean, I believe that he's getting set up for failure, just like you said. Uh, personally, uh, I take the quote from Jimmy Garoppolo when he said, when asked, if he game plans with Kyle Shanahan, he said no. How are you supposed to have a rookie quarterback develop when you are not allowing him to game plan with you and to figure out situations that's going to better him and help him out in games. That makes no sense to me. No sense. So that's the main thing that I look at when we talk about Trey Lance. He's not going to be able to dissect things with Kyle Shanahan and just how um, uh, the quarterback, uh, uh, Josh, Josh Allen, him and uh, his quarterback guru that's helped him so much. They go on games and chat with each other online all the time, just about uh, like a play that they thought about that night that they could run in the next uh, next game. And I don't see that as a possibility ever with Kyle Shanahan. It's just his rules, his game plan, follow it. So that's what I think. What do you think? My bad, I was muted. Uh, you know, it kind of is what it is. Um, we'll see how they work to, you know, get this thing along and, and starting to get in, a, you know, going in the right direction. But, you know, I am encouraged by a lot of what I've seen from Trey Lance and, and encouraged that it's going in the right direction. But I do think that Kyle has done him a little bit of a disservice by putting him in a situation where now if he plays, he's going to be looked at as someone that has to kind of save or salvage the season. And I don't, I don't know if he's going to quite do that. And I think that's tough. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. They're putting all the weight on his shoulders. They're not giving him – it's like uh, they're not giving him the material before the test. They're just giving him the test and going, here you go. Right. Ace it. So that's what I feel. Yeah. But I won't I won't yap your ear off anymore. I appreciate you letting me come on, and you have a good rest of the day, sir. All right. You have a good one. That's what's up. What's up? Here we go. Next person on. We got my guy Jedi. What's up, bro? See you again. Yes, sir. How you doing, man? I'm all right. How are you and your fan, brother? Oh, everybody's good. Everybody's good. Everybody's good. Chilling, chilling. That's good. Hey, I was throwing something out there in the chat earlier. I wanted to hear your uh, opinion about it. Um, yeah. Is Kyle Shanahan Tom Coughlin? And I say that because when Tom Coughlin got to Jacksonville, he did okay. He had a good running scheme, but he warned his players. Then he got fired. He went to the Giants, started to wear on them, had good Tiki Barber years. Tiki left. Strahan pulls Coughlin aside, I guess, on the offseason, whatever, and tells him, dude, you, you got to change. Like, you got to do some serious changing of how you do and handle business on the daily around this operation. Or you're going to lose all of us. And he snaps. And something happens with Tom, and he changes. So Kyle has to come to the fork in the road with his personality. He has to come to the fork in the road where 
he has to learn how to now you can't play both sides anymore. And I think that's the pro that's when when people say we don't have leadership, that's playing both sides. You're trying to have your cake, you're trying to have cake and eat of two. I hope I said yeah. it right this time. You can't have Jimmy on the roster and have Trey. You 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 needed to make a decision. You can't worry about whether your decision was right or wrong. You have to say this is the way we're we're steering the ship. Whoever's on on the ship, get on the ship in the off season. If you want out, we'll figure out a way we can get you off this ship. But we're going this way, whether you like it, whether you don't. That's leadership. It's called making decisions that everyone might not like. That's right. making decisions that people might not understand at the time. You have to have a vision. You have to see it when no one else sees it. Right. You have to steer your ship with conviction. And when you don't, how can I, as a player, put my body on the line for you and you can't commit to anything? You guys, when you were out there, you know, playing corner, you were putting your body on the line, you were committed to your defensive coordinator because you trusted him. You believed in him. You knew that he had conviction. We can't worry about whether he was right or wrong all the time or whether he had the right decision when he went down the path. That's not – we worry about that down. The people out there play – uh, Monday morning quarterback, that's their job, uh, job to do. We have to have conviction. We have to say this is where we're going. Get on board or get off. And until Kyle decides that, okay, I'm at my fork in the road, this is my vision from now on. I don't care who in this locker room wants to go with the vision or not. They have a decision. Just like I made my decision, they have one now. You even get on board. Or you get off. If you don't want this kid, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out a way to get you off this roster. But we're going to push the kid. We're not going to rush him. You got to get – Kyle has to get into Trey's ear from now on and say, you know what, kid? When you do start, don't worry about it. We lose, we lose. Whatever happens, happens. What I want to see out of you, kid, is growth. That's it. I don't want I think you to make the mistake. I, I think that's tough, though, to say that now because, like, I think early in the season – I feel like you could have probably said that, right? Because, you know, you have time to get things back on track. I think where they're at now, it's tough for Kyle to have that conversation with him and say that because Kyle has preached that the expectations are to win. So I don't think you could say like, oh, well, we want to win. But then now I can tell this rookie, hey, don't matter if we win or lose. I just want to see you grow or whatever. I don't think you can have that conversation with him. That's why That's why I say, and I, talk, I, I talked about it before we got on here, I felt like he's put himself and Trey Lance in a really tough position because now the stakes are going to be higher from here on out as opposed to playing him as a rookie. And, and, and even if you play him as a rookie and he's three and five, or play him as a rookie, I mean from week one, and he's three and five, now you can say, okay, we like where he's going. We like where he's progressing. Okay, like let's build on that. Okay, we're only a game out and a half out of the playoffs. But you've done this with Jimmy Garoppolo and – I feel like now Trey Lance is going to be looked at to kind of save or salvage the season. But I appreciate you coming on. I'm going to get the next caller on. Thank you, brother. Uh-huh. All right. Here we go. Got, got my guy uh, Ryan coming on. Ryan, what's good, man? What's up, man? How you doing? Oh, chilling, chilling. Hey, I think a perfect example of what Cal should have done was from the hoodie. Bill Belichick mm -hmm. is the go for a reason. He had Cam Newton come in there 
kind of showed my man what you know what was supposed to be done as a pro, how to galvanize a team. Throughout the whole OTAs, you heard Cam Newton taking first string reps, but Matt Jones getting the opportunity to take first string reps as well. When he saw he had enough little oomph in his system, they said, "Okay, Cam, thank you for your job. You showed the rookie how to you know how to come along. Now we're gonna go with the rookie." He had an opportunity to build chemistry, but also it showed leadership, it showed direction, and it shows how we want to build this offense, not only for this year, but for the years to come. And the reason why Mac looking better than all these other teams is this. That team that Cam played with last year was decent. But when you got a haul of new players coming in through the free agents, a lot of players coming back from COVID, you got a whole new team, a better team. So now he has a better supporting cash, which will admit, like it would kind of look like the 49ers team. So he was able to grow with the team and become a better player with the team. And Kyle Shanahan cut off his nose despite his face. And everybody like Matt Miyoko, Grant Cohen, um, all the people in the Bay Area were supporting, like, man, that boy, he looking good. He looking good. But he had already put that $25 million in there, and he didn't want to snatch it back. He should have put his losses. Went on with Trey, and he'll be in a better position than he would have been. Right. I appreciate that take. I'm going to get you off and get the next caller on, but also uh, have something to kind of talk about. Some To kind of elaborate on that and some of the things I've seen in the chat. One, Mac Jones took the job. Trey Lance hasn't taken anything. I think what, what the last caller was saying was there was a window where Trey Lance was kind of outplaying Jimmy Garoppolo, but wasn't given the legit opportunity to really take over as that guy in that top spot. And that was early on in training camp with the 49ers. I think there was an opportunity in the first couple of weeks when Trey Lance was on fire, there was a chance right then to be like, okay, we're seeing, we're encouraged by what we're seeing and we need to continue to move forward with this kid and let's just get Jimmy out of there. Kyle didn't do that. And that's what he's saying. We could say Mac Jones did, but in the last preseason game that we saw, uh, Cam Newton play. Cam Newton started the game. What was it? he? Was it? He only had like one incompletion. He completed like his first ten out of eleven passes. Uh, they scored multiple points, and then, and then he was cut the next week. So it wasn't that. It wasn't that uh, Cam Newton wasn't playing well or showing signs of being encouraged, or that he wasn't even out playing Mac Jones. But he showed. But uh, Mac Jones showed enough to where they're like, you know what? Regardless of this, we're just going to ride with our rookie. And that's what they did. And then 49ers really kind of could have taken that same uh, approach at one point, but then they kind of drug it out and they just stuck with Jimmy Garoppolo. So I don't even think – I think with the Patriots, they probably went into it like, hey, if he starts to get close, we're getting rid of Cam. That was never the thought process for the 49ers. Just my opinion. Here we go. Next guy up. I got Dion. What up, man? What's happening with you, man? How you doing, brother? Oh, man, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. How you doing? Hey, man, I'm good, man. You know what I'm saying? Got to appreciate the wife's above and Chick-fil-A this morning, so, you know, I'm, I'm well fed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, so I was listening to you as far as what the, you know, what the title of this is as far as draft class. Here's the thing. <clears throat> Our later round picks we usually hit on. Been there way since John Lynch has been here. I think the issue the fan base has with the first three picks is the fact that they're just not being used. So you hope that the Trey Lance 
sitting and learning effect works the way that it did for Aaron Rodgers and certain other quarterbacks. But we don't know if that will. You hope that Aaron Banks comes along at some point, but we all, like you said, wanted Asante Samuel Jr. Trey Sermon, there's no reason he shouldn't be starting. Ambry Thomas, I'm not going to say that first... there's no reason he shouldn't be starting. I won't say that. Oh, okay, well, no reason he should be he playing. He should be in the rotation of backs. Yeah, yeah, he should be in the rotation of backs. He, he because, yeah. People think that he sucks. And Trey Sermon hasn't mm -mm. showed anything that's like, I can't run for you guys. I can't play well. Nope. I can't do well in this system. He actually ran well, but they just refused to play him. That's And I don't know. That has, but... yeah, you, you, you're, you're right. And I appreciate you correcting me on that. I meant to say basically he deserved it. Kyle, all the years he's been here, has he not ran a two-back rotation consistently? He always has one banger. He has one speed guy. So it doesn't make sense why Trey Sermon isn't going. So from a from, from a fan base standpoint, we're looking to go, our first four picks are doing nothing for us, and we don't understand why. Aaron Banks, from what I heard, was stumbling all over his feet, so he ain't as athletic and as they put him out there to be. Trey Lance is just sitting on the sidelines rotting while Justin Fields is getting valuable reps and starting to, excuse me, learn. And the game slows down for him. And then Trey Sermon, they just don't want to play him. And he's get, getting buried further and further on the jet chart because by next week, I believe Jeff Wilson is going to be back. So that's going to push him down to like the fourth running back behind Elijah Mitchell, uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. and Jermichael Hasty. So it's, it's just confusing why the later round picks always seem to pan out. But the first few picks, who typically everybody would expect to start and contribute in some way, are never. It's never the case. So, I mean, just looking at the first round picks, look at Javon Kinlaw. He ain't playing. He out for the season. They knew when they drafted him he had chronic knee knee injury. You know what I'm saying? Nick Bosa played one year, ACL the next year. Now he's playing again. So you got to think about it. You know, you drive players with an injury history. These things will happen. So you need to be smarter with your picks. And that's for Lynch and Shanahan. But as far as uh, what, you know, the time frame, Shanahan will be here for at least another two years at a bare minimum, people, beyond this year. So we're going to have to just deal with him and hope and pray to God that he has a coming to Jesus moment or something because he's got to give up that, that personnel control. Because he openly just said Jalen Hurd has no plans to play this year. Like, he can't play. So then why is he still on the team? Why haven't you cut him after three years of inactivity, doing nothing, only one little, two little plays in the Cowboys game that some fans still love to relive? We can't live off 2019 for the Super Bowl season as far as the team, and we can't live off those moments for Jalen Hurd. He has to be able to move forward. And hopefully next year we're going to get that. He did say mathematically, if we're eliminated, Trey, Trey Lance and the rookies would be able to get in. So if we lose to the Rams, it's starting to look bleak because looking at the standing outside of the division leaders, the Rams get the fifth seed. And then the other two seeds, technically speaking, if it were to start today, will go to the NFC South because they're all above us. So no, we're not eliminated, but it's a tough road, man. And I just, you know, I don't have any faith that we're going anywhere, yeah. you know, and I feel like we have to put the kid in to just let him get the reps so that the game slows down for him. So when he hits the ground running next year, it's not as bad because you don't want to put those kind of expectations on that kid. Well, here's the hype. We got to see what Trey Lance has. You know, he sat for a year. It was Kyle's plan. 
and then they're going to destroy that kid and they're going to destroy Kyle. And that could kill a young kid's confidence, man. He, he, he's still growing. I know when we as men start to come into our own, we think we know everything. Bro, it takes time. You still grow. I'm growing every day. You know what I'm saying? So we don't always know every single thing and how to handle that kind of pressure. He has good parents, and I believe his father will be able to help him with that. But at some point in your life, you do get inside your own head, and it can be frustrating. So let's hope for our, you know, for his sake that he's able to withstand all the negative attention that he may or may not receive depending on how he plays. But at the same time, let's hope our, our coach gets his head out of his ass and starts to think you know, properly. And and for the people out there, don't ever try to say that, that Kyle should do anything it, uh, among the likes of Bill Belichick. Those are two different people. And I'm talking about polar opposites, the full 360. Belichick don't care. Belichick cares about one thing. He's putting a W up on the board. Kyle cares about looking good and doing things his way. At least that's what we've seen. Right. But appreciate you, Crocky. You have a wonderful okay. day, man. Blessings to you and the family, my brother. All right. All right, here we go. Next person on, my guy Smitty. Oh, wait, Roscoe. Hold on, my bad, Roscoe. All right, Smitty. Here we go. <laughs> hold on, you're on mute. There, that looks more like me and sounds more like me. There we go. Gotcha, man. What's good, man? How you doing this morning? I'm good, bro. Look, I real quickly wanted to say, like, first of all, I don't know how people even, even support Shanahan, Shanahan at this point. I mean, just from, from he's not it, you know, he's not a good head coach and I know he could potentially be a good OC. I'm not saying there hasn't been times where I've been like, yeah, this guy has some, you know, genius in him. It's some a word people threw around a lot, especially after draft day. Um, but we, we, you know, sometimes you just got to call it what it is. And there are too many misses with this guy revolving around the quarterback, even from the the offseason reports about Brady wanting to come to San Fran. It's this is crazy to me that people still support him. Um, and I, I kind of get tired of hearing from a lot of people that if Trey Lance goes in there, it's like a lost season. The problem is he's going to be thrown in, like you said, and I've heard a lot of your guests say he's going to be thrown in when it's too late for him to even have a, ch a chance. What has he done to, pr to prove to anybody that, He's a he's a potential lost season type guy to to get behind. He hasn't even had a chance yet. Like I'm so tired of hearing people say that that if we put him in there, we got to be ready to lose. He hasn't even had a chance. When you put him in there, whether it be in a preseason game or against the Cardinals, he's literally either created a comeback drive or a comeback or gone toe to toe. Like I don't even understand why. Shanahan's not giving him a chance to prove himself while he has a shot to even create some kind of comeback season. Right. Um, some kind of and, spark. And you what? I said some kind of spark. Yeah, I mean, he's he's done nothing to, dis, to, to prove that he can't be as good as any of the other rookies. He hasn't had a chance. And, and I think he's got all the tools, all the intangibles to maybe overcome some of the bad play calling. And, and even if, if even if he is shoved in there, okay. Even if he's shoved into the lineup, I, I think he'll he'll he has those intangibles and the ability to scramble and make something out of nothing and 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 use his own 
decision-making, which he proved in the past with a 28-0 touchdown-to-interception ratio that he knows when to tuck and run and when to create something out of nothing. The problem's been, too, is whenever he's been inserted or used, this offense has been Jimmy G built. The, the pass protections, everything changes when he gets in there. He's never had a shot, uh, a team offense playbook built for him. And, and I said this from the beginning, Croc, I was one of the one, one of the only people, and I, I think you and I talked about on a Niner show. I think we both talked about Lance being being the guy we thought might get drafted. I'm not. I forget if that was you when we're on the Nothing But Niners show together. But but this is a guy who said he's going to the Niners. Trey Lance is going to the Niners, and no one thought he was going to the Niners. And then I think it was you and another another yeah. guest on that show was like, no, I think Trey Lance is going to be the pick. But. The crazy and I got part. I got Roscoe's that, too. My guy Roscoe's. He's coming on next. Ask him how I felt about Trey Lance before and who I thought the 49ers should take. But go ahead. Yeah. So it's like I, I felt like this was going to be the pick. And then I was wrong about everything else relating to Shanahan and how he would use him, when he would use him. I honestly believe he's not Shanahan's guy. I'm convinced at this point that he was not his pick. That's the only explanation. And I and I hear other people say, "Oh, he's you. He's going to try and delay using Trey Lance because that's his card to say, hey, I I need another year. I haven't used him yet. I don't. I don't even understand that concept either. Like this man not using his his top weapon, like the guy he drafted. This is the to not use him at this point is grounds for, I I believe being removed." I don't, I don't understand how he's still there. And I blame Lynch. I blame everybody at the top for not forcing his hand earlier or now. And it doesn't feel like that's going to happen. I feel like how much, how much leeway are we giving Shanahan to continue to go down this road? So I, I have a question for you. And I agree with everything you're saying right now. And I, and I think the time for the 49ers, especially, so Peacock and I, you guys listen to Locked On 49ers, uh, we had a cap, a cap guy on. In the preseason, and what he had said was, if the 49ers were to cut bait with Jimmy Garoppolo right then and there, they could roll over 24 million dollars. When he said that, I was like, Oh, they need to let Jimmy go, roll with the rookie, and like you know, build on whatever it is. You have a good team, whatever, whatever happens, and then next year you have 50 million dollars to put towards the team to build around your second year starter, who in theory would be heading in the right direction, right? Obviously, Kyle decided not to do that. Uh, when you look at how what Kyle has done, do you think that he's put himself in a more difficult position by not starting Trey Lance right away and now eventually putting him in to be the savior? And do you think that's an unfair position for a guy to be in that has one start under his belt in like two years and, you know, really a guy who is still kind of learning his ropes as being like, you know, the passer and how they want to do things as opposed to the other rookies who most of them have gotten a chance to either start from day one or even Justin Fields who has gotten to start after I think they were like a game and a half in and then Justin Fields has started ever since. And you see the optimism he's built even over having like four straight losses. Yeah, you look at where he's at right now. You um, And I'm not trying to compare Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow to Trey Lance directly, but look how having the years that they had as rookies put them in positions to look as good as they look right now. Well-oiled machines, the offenses are ready to rumble. Like if you had started Trey Lance, and I said this from the beginning on all the, I, I'm a, you know how dialed in, 
how dialed in I am to Niner content and and our quad box show on Fridays on Instagram. Like I, I'm around Niner people a lot, and I, I took a lot of heat because I'm a fantasy football show. I'm not a Niner community. I'm not a Niner channel. Like I, I, I tell things how they are, even when I'm in a environment full of Niner people. And I took crap over and over by saying Trey Lance needs to start week one. He needs to start week one. And I've said that from day one. I haven't wavered. I didn't say that when it became, oh, okay, now it's popular to, to hate on Shanahan. No, it was from week one. And I said from the beginning, you have, and I got clowned on a lot early on. And I don't, I don't hear any of that now. But you're, <laughs> you're going to win more games starting Trey Lance in week one in 2021 than starting Jimmy G. And on top of that, even if you were to win the same amount of games, or even let's say, worst case scenario, one less game, which I don't believe, I'm just saying worst case scenario, you would be in a position today, walking into week 10, fully prepared, seeing progress like people see out of, out of Mac Jones and fields where you're like, okay, we've, we weathered through some ups and downs, but now we're ready. The offense is ready, but no, instead, now you're at day one, potentially, if you started them a week 10, you're not even starting a week 10, but now it's, this is ground zero. This is zero point and everything moving forward is going to be painful. Whereas now it could have been upside. And it, it's I, I, frustrating. I have one last question for you. All right. Does Kyle, so I was listening to the Mayoko podcast. I was on a jog, three mile jog, and I've been paying for it ever since. I'm like super sore. It was like two days ago. But anyways, I was on three three mile jog and I'm listening to Mayoko's podcast and he says that there's zero chance that Kyle Shanahan is on a hot seat. And I think most of us would kind of agree, right? Like he's not going to get fired. I think most of us can agree on that because of the way the contract, contract is kind of set up. But Mayoko didn't bring up the contract and how it was set up. What he said was, well, He's not on the hot seat because they're going to give him a chance to let this thing play out with Trey Lance, right? And my, they're like, basically, the clock on Trey Lance hasn't started yet. So if the clock on Lance hasn't started, it hasn't started on Kyle Shanahan being fired. My question to you is, has does Kyle Shanahan give you the confidence that, or shown you anything to give you confidence that he's the right guy for Trey Lance moving forward? Like, if he can't have a successful season with this team right now and with Jimmy Garoppolo at a quarterback, which he was supposed to have a winning season, and he's struggling to do that, do you have confidence that he's the guy for Trey Lance moving forward and that it's just miraculously going to get better next year? Zero percent, negative percent chance that he's not only – he's the wrong guy for the Niners, and I think he's proven that time and time and time again. In the right scenario, in the right, you know – focalized part of this team as the offensive coordinator without all the past. I don't think you could just demote him either. Not only is he too stubborn to ever accept anything like that, um, but even if you demoted him, let's say, into offensive coordinator and brought someone else in, he he's too into his head right now in regards to the situation. There's a reason why Bruce Arians was fired, moves on to a new situation, wins the Super Bowl, looks fantastic as a sometimes you need to hit reset and when you go down a certain road you can't come back from it so Shanahan can't come back from this get inserted in a different way reset it's got to be reset for him someone's got to remove him from the equation to give him a shot to do something else somewhere else and maybe he, he can do that but I have zero percent faith that he's the right quarterback not only because he won't put him in but because his play calling's bad and he's too messed up in his own head, he's second-guessing everything. And I think there's no shot for him to come back from this and 
do as effective of a job as he would have done had he just put him in in week one. Now he's defying everything. He's stubborn. He And like you said earlier, Croc, this is perfect example of not only, I think, Shanahan, but potentially the way the Niners are viewing this and letting it happen is that it's it's he wants to do it his way and he wants to do it a certain way, a perceived way, not like Bill Belichick where he's just carried it, cares about the win. I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid off, throw Mac Jones in there. Maybe we lose one game out of three or four that we should win, but in week five, week six, we'll be ready to go better off than we would have been had we had Cam in there and then have him get hurt or something like that, and then be dealing with it anyway. We all know Jimmy G's not lasting the season, whether it's pressure, bad play, and you can't ask him to live under this microscope pressure all year long anyway. He just wouldn't survive, even if he stayed healthy, which is half the battle anyway. You're going to be faced with the inevitable situation where you're going to shove Lance in there. And wouldn't you have rather gone through the growing pains winning the same amount of games, potentially more, letting this man marinate in the offense, let the offense get used to playing the style of football you're going to be playing with the pass protections you're going to be using, the, the schemes. Everything is different under Trey Lance. Now you got to do all that from scratch, and everybody's got to learn together from week 11 or 12 or whatever on, whereas you, the whole offense would have been ready to go, primed like a well-oiled machine, by this time it's 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 crazy that he's not on the hot seat and i i blame everybody from lynch up for not for for continuing to allow that to be the mentality of oh we're just gonna give him a pass until trey lance gets inserted in there late and then then we'll start the clock i don't understand that mentality at all well it looks like uh you know Shanahan is the guy that hired these guys, so they might not have a choice. And maybe they do, but, you know, we've all agreed that Shanahan's extremely stubborn. But, man, Smitty, I appreciate you coming on, man. I'm going to get the next caller on. Appreciate you, Croc. All right. That was my guy. Oh, wait, Smitty. Yeah. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, yeah, you can find – so I have the Fantasy Football Show on YouTube. You can type that in, youtube.com slash the Fantasy Football Show, or uh, you can get on over to smitty1.com. Uh, that's where all of my content can be found, smitty1.com. But yeah, check me out. And I got to get you on the fantasy football show to talk Niner fantasy football content, Croc, because I do I do have a bunch of questions for you in regards to Sermon and, and Mitchell and Debo and Ayuk and, and all that from a fantasy perspective. So we got to do all that right, soon. Sounds good. Let's do it. All right, Appreciate man. Here we go. Got my guy Roscoe's on. What's good, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. This is a you blessed only, morning. You only come on, you only come on when you when there's something really on your mind. So I know, I know you got something cooking up. Actually, no, I don't. I, I just oh, wanted man. to come on, say what's up. And a matter of fact, you didn't answer my question. I, 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 I had to go because my brother called me, so I couldn't watch with everybody. But I had to go back and listen. You didn't answer my question. You gave me, you gave a bunch of vague, you gave a bunch of vague answers, crack. I need you to build the 49ers for 2022. You said the receivers are intact. Are the receivers intact? I don't think I we think got so. a good number three receiver. Well, we don't got a good number three receiver. Do you need a good number three receiver? Like when we say good number a, three receiver, like what, what is it? Like what is a number three? Sanu is not is, one. Well, one, he's hurt now. So I mean, I guess yeah, yeah. Now. But like <laughs> a number three, a number three receiver is just a 
uh, you know, a solid contributor, right? Like, especially in this offense um, that's not, like, super pass-happy. So when I look at the 49ers and where they're, like, Kendrick Bourne was a perfect number three receiver. Like, can you find another Kendrick Bourne? It's not somebody yeah, that, that catches. Uh, it's not somebody that catches. You know, five passes a game. You just need your, you know, your clutch, a couple th- third down catches. Uh, maybe a touchdown here and there. Kendrick Bourne was good at that. But you know, if all things are equal and you have everybody held, you got Debo, you got Ayuk, and you have Kendrick Bourne for an entire season. Bourne maybe gets thirty catches. Can you have a number three receiver that just does that? And um, so I don't think it was, I don't think it's so much that uh, like you have to prioritize that position. You just got to find somebody that fits mm-hmm. that, that role. Would you revamp the whole secondary? Uh, I'd build from the defensive line back a little bit more. Like I, I get it, oh. like, you know, getting a cornerback and things like that, that's sexy. And, and I, I mean, I, I would like that as well. But I really think like, especially in today's, day and age where everything is so like just like pass coverage everything's against pass coverage the pass interferences the way they're calling it the way they call legal contact the way they call holding the way everything is is like the way the game is super spread out now everything is against pass coverage if it's me i'm building from the front so i i need to go like who's going to go get at the quarterback and i think right now that's what the 49ers are possibly missing guys right like you don't have ken ken law's not really affecting the game as a pass rusher and he's not playing he's hurt uh, D Ford, he's out now. They have him on IR for however long. He's not affecting it. So I think really the bigger issue is the 49ers have to do a better job of affecting the passers. You affect the passers, you move quarterbacks off their spots, they begin to get a little bit more inaccurate. Uh, I don't agree that if you just go and get a cornerback, okay, he's good, but how much is that really affecting the game? I, I think the 49ers legitimately need to really work on revamping that front. And I know people don't want to hear that, but just the way the game is kind of trending, I think that's what would benefit a secondary more than anything. See, 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 this is what I was expecting. This, now, this is a better breakdown. <laughs> uh, I got another question. Did coverage you, did linebackers, you the... too, excuse me, my bad. Coverage linebackers, coverage linebackers and front. I think those affect the game. They, that affects the game more, more than, than, than drafting a second round pick high. Of course, yeah, I agree one hundred percent. Either philosophy Excuse me, works for pick, me. I meant cornerback. My bad. Uh, uh, yeah. That affects the game more than drafting a cornerback high. Excuse me. Go ahead though. Either either philosophy works works with me. Building from the uh, back to the front or from the front to the back. Either one works for me. Uh, we all know the defensive line is. I mean, a dominant defensive line is hard to beat. We've seen it with the uh, Bucks. They don't. They don't have an elite secondary. And they're proving that this year, even though they got some guys hurt, it's like they're not really that good. They weren't really that good, you know, last year. And uh, their pass rushers got the feast. You know, they got a Vita Vea, dominant uh, nose. They got, um, what's his name, uh, JPP. And then they have, uh, they had other dude. Uh, they just uh, drafted uh, uh, Tryon, too. Tryon. And what's the other one? Uh, Barrett. Barrett, yeah. yeah. So, they, I mean, they – a dominant defensive line does a lot. I mean, uh, I think what, if you look at the past two years, Niners, dominant defensive line, they were in the Super Bowl. And, I mean, we 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 really flustered teams. We really flustered teams. My biggest thing is stopping the run, though, because when we were able to stop the run, right, our pass rushers got to feast. And so uh, whatever the Niners need to do, I mean, there's a, there's a some good – 
D tackles coming out, but of course we don't have a top pick. So I don't know how that's going to work. I'm sure they can find some, you know, um, early to late in the draft. So hopefully they can fix that. Did you, did you uh, answer my, who's the NFL MVP question? Yeah. I said, uh, I, in, I don't know if he's the NFL MVP in the sense of just playing great, but just with everything that he's had to battle and overcome. And I went with Derek Carr, like the situation that's going on with uh, Oakland, oh. you know, losing your head coach, uh, you know, losing a receiver who killed someone in a car crash. Uh, you're, you're, you got a cornerback that's waving guns and telling he's going to kill everybody. Like just everything that's going on around there and for Carr to kind of hold it together and still be the face of that and still give some type of hope and optimism and them not really sink in this in this time i i, I think that's amazing what he's doing so i don't know if it's mvp but he's got to get some kind of award for how he's kind of held that situation together you look at the 49ers 49 you would think the 49ers have gone through what the raiders are going through and they're the team with the winning record true true very true I, i'm gonna say lamar jackson i i think you know the, the injuries that that they had uh the team is not playing well but he's putting them on their back uh, throughout almost three different times where he had to carry it on the victory. I, uh, Lamar Jackson uh, gets my vote. You know, I think Brady's a number two, very close. But right now, Lamar is just like carrying his team. So I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up about the Raiders, though, because I think, and I, I told you this, uh, but I, I think that, you know, and then your next couple episodes, we, we I think we need to have like one of those life talks again, <laughs> you know, to address some of these things that's, you know, going on with the Raiders, uh, possibly going on with Dalvin Cook. I mean, there's a lot of things going on in the NFL. And I think uh, these players, they're part of society. And, you know, so some, of the, some people may be dealing with the same things that these guys are dealing with. Some people may be alcoholics and they and maybe they can learn from, well, man, Henry Ruggs did that. I, I can learn from that. Uh, not to do like what not to do or Dalvin Cook. You know, I'm having issues with a woman. Now, again, I don't I don't know about Dalvin Cook yet. You know, it's just a accusations. And then uh, David, David, Damian Arnett, just how to how to deal with, you know, uh, trolls. You know what I'm saying? Like, just learn how to deal with trolls and, and stay off the Internet if you if you're going to threaten to kill somebody so i think i definitely think we in need for one of those life talks from you and maybe uh and, and have a, a real real good conversation amongst the people <laughs> but uh other than that Croc, we'll get to that uh, eventually uh uh other than that man thank you uh thank you for answering my questions and uh i i think that next year draft actually not even next year's draft, but 2023. I think that's the draft. That's going to be a special draft, and hopefully the uh, 49ers will be able to at least be decent enough next year, but then go into that 2023 draft and really get some dogs. But all right, crack, I'm out of here. All right. And, man, shoot, I hope so because I'm tired of 49ers being sorry. Uh, real quick, got my guy Matt coming on. Matt, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, bro. So with you today this morning, man? Oh, man, I can't complain. So, uh, what y'all was talking about earlier, man, I kind of just got up in here, man. So, I talked about the draft class and really how the draft class isn't nearly as bad as what people think. Uh, I started from the from the bottom, so sixth round, and worked my way up to the first round. And when I looked at Elijah Mitchell, Talano, Hufunga, Diamond Lenore, and Jalen Moore, I kind of looked at all those guys, those four guys, as 
potential starters in the NFL, right? Obviously, Elijah Mitchell, he is a starter, and we're good with him. But Hufunga, yeah. he can play. I don't think he's somebody that's terrible. He's on the field. Yamado Lenore, he showed that he can play some good football, um, broke up a bunch of passes in just his short stint uh, starting, and obviously like had some rookie kind of growing pains with some things in coverage, but I think that those are things you can work on, and I profile him as a terrific nickel guy. Uh, Jalen Moore, he's someone who came in and filled in that left tackle. Uh, most people that uh, watched him said that he played well. Some people even went as far as say he played better than McGlinchey. I don't know about that, but they're saying he played well. So I think, you know, he's a potential starter. So if you look at those four picks, I think those guys that can play, and then you look at Amber Thomas, Aaron Banks, they might just be misses. Trey Sermon, he's a guy who definitely can play, should play. Don't know why he's not playing. But uh, at the very least, he should be, you know, he should be the spillback as opposed to like hasty. I think Sermon, you know, had a really good game against the Seahawks and then, you know, almost ran, you know, ran for almost 100 yards. And then the next week, uh, it was like nothing. One carry, seven yards. And then since then, I don't even know if he's played. So uh, I like I like to draft a little bit more than other people. But obviously, you would like to see Kyle and those guys really kind of commit to getting some of those guys in a little bit more, especially in the secondary. But uh yeah, we talked about that, and then we talked about uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan and how he's kind of put himself and Trey Lance in a very tough position, a position to where I think it would be difficult for them to build a lot of optimism unless Trey Lance just comes in and just lights it up on fire, which if you look at any of the other rookies, that hasn't been the case. There haven't been rookies that come in and hit the ground running and are just lights out. I think Trey Lance, what we saw from him, in his in his first game as a starter, as you know, and if you compare that to the other rookies' first starts, he's right up there with the best of them. I think there's a lot to improve on, but also a lot to be encouraged about. And uh, I think if he, I think the longer he prolongs that, the the tougher it is for him kind of moving forward. I'm talking about Kyle Shanahan, so that's kind yeah. of where this conversation went. I mean, yeah, that's kind of. I think we kind of alluded to that before, and you was like, it's kind of like you know, getting a new girlfriend. You got the new girl and. You still want to keep – you still want to get some from the old girl, so you want to keep her on the side and still keep her – that's not going to work, man. And you it see – going to work. Yeah, well, you see, until until they, you know, decide to move on and, and embrace the future, then we're probably going to continue to have these – that's just, you know, that's like real life, bro. Like, you know, you got to move on and embrace your future and look forward to the future. You can't keep living in the past, you know, and the whole 2019 vibes and all that stuff. That's where they messed up to begin with. They should have came with a whole new attitude. They should have got rid of Jamie and did everything. You can't, you know, bring the, the old girl and expect her to get along with the new girl and think it's going to work. So, like, that's common sense. Eventually, I knew it was going to blow up. I seen the writing on the wall. So, um, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I just want to see Trey – prosper with this with this team I don't care about the coaches uh Kyle Shanahan I don't care about him I'm a fan of this team bro like I'm not a fan of none of these coaches even some of the players bro I just want I want to see the players do good when they on our team but as far as like oh what are we gonna do without bro forget Shanahan bro like we can make it work with <laughs> you know what I'm saying like that's how I look at it bro like you got to look at it I look at it like as a team bro like I don't I don't I'm not in love with any players or any coach like none of that bro like I just want to see our team do good. That's that's how I look at it, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and in due time. This, hey, someone said if if, uh, if this season was a girl, she'd smell and have no teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, yeah, ex exactly. And like I said, man, the until we, you know, embrace that or Kyle em embrace that himself, 
you know, I don't see us, you know, we're going to continue to keep losing. Um, pretty, pretty much, like I said, I'm ready to see these rookies start playing like everyone is. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited about our future, even though we're going through a lot of turmoil. I've been through all the bad times, all the bad coaches, Troy Smith and all these guys like O'Sullivan. And so I'm going to continue to be faithful and I'm going to continue to support my team. But you know what I'm saying? I'm going to be realistic. I'm not going to get mad about it. Like I said, I've been chilling, not trying to get too emotional about the game. I'm, even on Monday night, I got a feeling it's going to be get ugly. But like like I said, man, I'm going a, I'm to a keep a positive attitude, bro, and I'm going to continue to, you know, rep the faithful. Like I said, it ain't about the coaches. It ain't about the players. It's about that red and gold at the end of the day. So, you know, that's – you know, I just want to see us prosper and do well. And thanks for letting me come on and – and say my piece, bro. All good, man. I appreciate you, Matt. And I appreciate everybody that came on this show, man. Thanks a lot. You know, I, I've talked about it, man. A, a good part of my day is hanging out with y'all every morning, 6.30 a.m. Pacific time, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. If you're new to the show, I hope you liked it. And if you enjoyed it, I'd like to have you back. So uh, hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. All that good stuff. Everybody, I want to thank for their contributions. And, uh, yeah, guys, we'll be right back tomorrow morning. 6.30 a.m. Pacific, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Peace. Intercepted. It is picked up by Aaron Crocker. Over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Touchdown. The Crop Talk TV Podcast.